My name is Jason. I'm the pastor uh, here at the church, and we're just, I'm just excited. We get to be together. What, a, what an awesome day to be together. Uh, wherever you are, if you're here in the room at South Louisville or if you're uh, at our Shepherdsville location, a big hello to them. Speaking of Shepherdsville, by the way, um, exciting week this week as Saturday is hopefully, got to pass one more inspection, our grand opening for our Shiloh's Coffee House. And so, yeah, we're excited about that. Excited about that, and so you're going to be seeing more about it, but we'd love for you to come and support it, and, uh, you know, let's space it out. We have a max occupancy of 48 people, so we'll space it out, but we want you to come, and uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a good time. But thank you for being here, and uh, before we get started in our, in our sermon series, uh, or, or get going in our, in our sermon today, I do just want to say that uh, this is a big week for me. Uh, because this Wednesday coming up, I am celebrating 15 years of marriage to an amazing woman, uh, Andrea Isaacs. And um, I have a microphone, so I thought it'd be a great time just to brag on my wife. And uh, so her and Warren Buffett have a lot in common. They buy stock when it's really low and underperforming, and then they really help it to grow. And uh, that's what she's done, and uh, I love you. I tell her all the time, if you leave me, I'm going with you. So just uh, <laughs> hang in there, and it's going to be good. But uh, hey, we're, we are in a series called Straight Out of the Old Testament, where we are looking at some stories, what we would call maybe famous Old Testament stories, some of those famous Bible stories that maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not, I don't know. Uh, but we've just taken some time to, to teach through those these last several weeks, myself and our teaching team. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We, we started off by talking about Abraham and how hard it is to wait on God. And then uh, we talked about Naaman. Pastor Jono talked about Naaman and how we need to stop hiding, that God can't heal what we continue to hide. That was so good. Uh, Andrea talked about Nehemiah, how God fights for us. And uh, I came back and talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how to, how to keep standing, how to stand up instead of give in. Last week, Pastor Joe did an amazing job talking about how God, uh, in the story of God and creation and, and how to calm the chaos in our life. And so this has been really fun. We've got a few more weeks of this. But today, uh, I want to talk about the story of Samuel, the story of Samuel. And specifically, I, w- I want to talk about how to know when God is speaking to you, how to know when God is speaking to you. Now, right off the bat, when I say that phrase, God is speaking to you. I'm really curious at what you think and, and how you feel about that, that God is speaking to you. When I, when I say that, when I tell you, hey, God is speaking to you, what do you think? Do you think, like, that's terrifying? Uh, do you think uh, that sounds cool? Do you think that's not true? Do you think, yeah, that's very normal, I'm used to that, or I've grown up around that? I would be curious to, to know how it makes you feel. Does it scare you? Does does it excite you? And I, I'm really excited to talk about this, this topic today because I believe that this is something that every person who believes in Jesus needs to know, that God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. And, and I think when you, when you begin to talk about something as supernatural as God communicating with people like us it can get very intimidating because it is a supernatural process. But what I hope that we can accomplish today is that, is that God's super, supernatural voice, we could get some confidence that it wouldn't have to feel 
unnatural, that it's something that we can experience. And wherever you are this morning as we start this idea of God speaking, whether you're like, that's the craziest, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, or I'm down, let's do it. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I want us to, to be able to gain some confidence and to, and to feel more natural uh, hearing God's voice, that God is communicating to us. Now, my favorite verse in the Bible, I say this all the time, but my absolute favorite verse in the Bible is Exodus thirty-three eleven. And Mark Batterson says that your favorite scripture becomes the script of your life. And I love that. And I hope so. Because Exodus thirty-three eleven, it's on your sermon guide. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love that. And I want that to be said about me. I want that to be true about me. And I, what I love about the verse is that it presents God speaking to you and me in a, in a if I could use this phrase, normal way. Face-to-face, friend interaction. Now, that might be hard for us to kind of relate to now because we don't do as much face-to-face interaction anymore. Uh, maybe more texting or messaging or Marco Polo or I don't know, whatever. Uh, but the, the, the point is that God speaking to us comes through relationship. It comes through this very uh, normal and, and ongoing relationship that, yes, God may speak to us in like a lightning bolt or a finger in the sky and cloud formation or whatever. That's possible. That happens. I get that. But really what we're going for, if we believe in Jesus, is the kind of communication with God that feels very friend-to-friend, very relationship-oriented. That when my wife answers the phone or I answer the phone or, or even pe- friends or my brother, I don't have to say, like, who is this? I recognize their voice. I recognize their tone. I know who that is because I have, have relationship. And so um, I, I would love for that to be true of, of you and me. And as you read through the Bible, as you read through the Old Testament, you see story after story after story after story of God speaking. And the, and, and the people who hear him, hear him very clearly don't really have any doubts about it and are able to execute or obey what God says, right? So God shows up to Noah and says, hey, Noah, uh, I want you to build a boat and I want, it's going to rain and it's going to flood and I'm going to save humanity. And nowhere in that story does Noah say, what's a boat? Nowhere in that story does Noah say, what's rain, right? Nowhere in the story does Noah say, what's a flood? I don't understand. Are you sure? Did you say boat? Like, what, are, is this the, I mean, Noah gets dimensions of the whole thing. I mean, he's got floor plans of everything, architectural drawings of the whole thing. Executes it, right? God shows up to, to Abraham and says, pack up your family and move. He doesn't tell him where to go. He says, I'll show you when you start going, right? But we don't see anywhere in the story where Abraham's wife, like, I'm not moving unless you give me a destination, you know, where are we going to live? Where the kids are going to go to school? She doesn't say any of that. She says, it, the Bible says they hear God and they, and they go. God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. And we know that Jonah clearly understood God because he went the opposite direction. And that's true too, right? That there are sometimes you know you heard God clearly, and what you clearly heard is something you clearly do not want to do. And so you do the opposite thing. We could keep going and going because all throughout the Bible, the pages of the Bible, God speaks, and the people in the Bible seem to just understand clearly, no problem, got it, clear communication, and execute it. 
So you might ask yourself, why doesn't God speak to us like he spoke to people in the Bible? It's a valid question. Why doesn't God speak to us that way? And I do believe it's a valid question, but I think it's the wrong question. I think a better question would be, how come we don't hear God like people in the Bible? I don't think the issue is God speaking. I think the issue is people hearing. So I don't think the right question is, how come God doesn't speak like that anymore? I think the question is, how come we don't hear like that anymore? And there's lots of reasons maybe we could talk about about that, but I do just want to point out, in case it's intimidating to you, how easily it seems the people in the Bible heard God, that all the stories are written in past tense. And, and, and when you tell stories in past tense, it's kind of easier to clean it up. It's so much easier to say, I heard God than I think I'm hearing God. It's so much easier to say God spoke and God said than God is speaking and God is saying. And, and so don't get this wrong idea that there is a group of people who hear God 100% of the time accurately and never mess it up. And then there's everybody else who maybe will get one out of 10 every now and then. I think any person who believes in Jesus and follows Jesus has this struggle, is this God? Is this God? Did I eat something weird last night? Have I taken too much cold medicine? Or is this, is this God? And I've told this story before, but I, I, uh, I love this story just to kind of prove this point and kind of show this point that uh, the exercise program Zumba. Any Zumba fans in the room? Let me see. Y'all know about we're ashamed of Zumba. Okay, no problem. And uh, so uh, Zumba, this, this exercise program to music, uh, the creators of it, it originally was called Roomba Size, but they couldn't copyright it. And so they wanted to change the name. And all they knew is that they liked the sound of Umba. They liked it. So they wanted something that had the Umba sound in it. And so they wanted to come up with a new name, and you would think that this, you know, worldwide phenomenon, like hired a marketing agency and like figured out, you know, that Zumba is this word that means this and this other language and whatever. That's not how they did it. There was three guys. They went to a Mexican restaurant. They sat down at the table. They knew they liked Umba, so they just put the, the letter of the alphabet in front of the word and worked through the whole alphabet. So they just started with Umba. Boomba, Kumba, Doomba. They just kept working down till they got to Z and they got to Zumba and they said, that's it. We're going with that. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because when other people talk about hearing God, it can sound so spiritual. But in my experience, let me just tell you about my experience. Most of the time for me, hearing God is a lot like Omba, Boomba, Kumba, Doomba. And it's like, Zumba, I think that's it. I think, God, I think God is speaking. I think we need to, and in hindsight, we go, oh, that was God. God was directing us. God was speaking to us. Or in hindsight, we go, yeah, we said that was God, but that wasn't God. And, and, so, and so this is true of the, of, the, of the Bible as well. So I say all that to say this. There's a lot of setup, but I say all that to say this. I really hope that today you can be less intimidated by the idea of God speaking to you. Because God is speaking to you. He, he is speaking to you. Every single person in this room and in Shepherdsville, God is speaking to you. The question is, how can we be more confident 
that we're hearing him. So let's read uh, Samuel's story today. If you have your sermon guide, grab that. If you have a Bible, you can use that. If not, there's one underneath the seat in front of you or in the seat there for you in Shepherdsville. But Samuel is a really big main character in the Old Testament. He actually has two books named after him. There's 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, so you know he's a big deal. He gets two books, and, and it's, it's about his life, but we're not going to talk about Samuel the man today. We're going to talk about Samuel the boy. We don't know his age, but we know he's, he's, a, he's a relatively small child, and in the story that we're going to read, he is living in the temple, which is not the same thing as living in the church, but for the purposes of today, just to understand it better, you can just imagine that like um, that, that this boy is living in a church. He's living in this temple that, that, that was constructed for God, and it's where the priest lived. And, and the reason that Samuel is there is because Samuel's mom, her name was Hannah, was unable to have children. She prayed and begged God to be able to have a child, and she said to God, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. I will dedicate his life to your service. I'll give him to the priest which we say all the time around here when we do child dedication, don't give us your children. That's not the point of the story, but that is where we get this model for child dedication. This is a gift from God. I'm giving him back to you. We do it a little more in metaphorical sense, but she literally gave Samuel, her son, to the priest. And so Samuel is helping around the temple. He's helping the priest, and every night he sleeps in the temple, and that's where this story takes place. It is... 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to read the whole chapter. There's 21 verses. We're going to read the whole chapter of 1 Samuel chapter 3, and this is what it says. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli is the priest. That's, that's the priest. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up, and he ran to Eli, the priest, woke him up and said, here I am, did you call me? Right, so he's not understanding this. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Verse 6, the Lord called out again, Samuel. I'm so thankful that God is willing to call me again when I miss it the first time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? He said, I did not call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So he's figuring this out for the first time, maybe like so many of us listening today. He's trying to figure this out. You know, God's speaking to me. What does that mean? How do I do that? What's going on, right? So verse 8, the Lord called a third time. I'm so thankful God's willing to call a third time when I miss it on the first time and the second time. And uh, he called a third time once more. Samuel got up, and he went to Eli. Now, come on, parents. You know when the kids keep coming in the room at bedtime, it's a little bit of just get back in the room, right? But here's Eli again. And, and Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. 
And the Lord came and called as before. How many people are thankful that God will call four times when you miss it the first time and the second time and the third time? He did, and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel, gave it, gave it two Samuels right there. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I've warned him and that judgment's coming upon his family because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I vowed that these sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Don't get too caught up in that. This is just the message that, that God is giving to Samuel for a purpose. And we're going to see that specific message for Samuel. Verse 15, Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up and he opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. Now, I have those, that, those two words, as usual, underlined in my Bible, and I love those words. Let me tell you why. Because when you start talking about God speaking to people, those people that get comfortable with God speaking usually get weird, right? Or, or they usually get uh, egotistical, or they usually get, you know, like, they, they like write a book about, you know, 10 ways or whatever. And, and I love the fact that that, that you can hear God and then go about your business. And what I, the reason I love that is because God speaks to mechanics, and so you can hear God and be a mechanic. You can hear God and be a mom, as usual. You can hear God and be a salesman, as usual. You can hear God and coach Little League Baseball, as usual, right? And so this, the, the moral of the story today is not God spoke to Samuel, and so Samuel established a Facebook page about how to hear God. It's just like, I heard God last night, I have a message from God, but today my job is to open up the curtains in the church, so I'm going to show up and open up the curtains in the church. Does that make sense? Okay, separate sermon, but we'll keep going. (laughs) He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him, but Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied, verse 17, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. Now remember, what God said to Samuel was, Eli gonna die, right? So this is hard to, to say. He says, tell me everything. I mean, God strike and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It's the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. Verse 19, three more. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. That's a great statement right there. Um, You know, if you keep saying God's speaking, but like you're never right, (laughs) that's bad. And all Israel... From Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. Sounds like a great name for a coffee shop. And gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. So I love this story. I love that it's powerful and supernatural but it's also incredibly approachable and normal that God is speaking in a very practical way and even a seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old boy is able to hear God and communicate with God. And so what I wanna do for the time we have left is I wanna give you four ways you can be more confident God is speaking to you and we're gonna just take these right out of the story, just some truths and principles right out of the story that we just read. If you have your sermon, God, grab that. You can write these in. Four ways to be more confident that God is speaking to you. Remember, the point of the message today is not, is God speaking? We're going to go ahead and just establish that ground right up front. He is speaking. He is speaking. So what we want to figure out is, how can you be more confident God is speaking to you? 
God is speaking to you. So let's, let's look at this in the story. The first way, if we want to be more confident that God is speaking to us, or you want to be more confident God is speaking to you, is we need to spend time where God is. We need to spend time where God is. Samuel, in this story, is literally sleeping in the altar of the temple. The ark of God, not to get too much in the weeds here, but this was a gold box in the Old Testament that God established because Jesus hadn't come yet, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet, and so God would use things, right? If you've ever seen Indiana Jones, like the cup, they thought, you know. So God would use things to represent where he was, right? And the ark was that place, was this gold box, and so God's presence was literally connected to the box. If you were near the box, you were near God, right? That's, that's the way it worked in the Old Testament. Strange as it sounds, that's how it works. Since Jesus showed up, that's not how it is. So you don't have to go visit like a house with a shadow or a water drain or a toaster oven. You don't have to do any of that because Jesus changed all that. The Holy Spirit's with us all, right? And so, but, but in the Old Testament, that's the way it worked. And so Samuel has got a sleeping bag and he is sleeping by the place where God's presence is, now, we know that God is everywhere, that he is, he's omni. He's everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. But we also know that there are times and spaces and places in life where God feels to us to be more present than in other places. Let me just get like, I'll just use an extreme for you, right? I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably feel God, you probably feel God in this room more than you feel God at the DMV or the county clerk's office. That's just a, a silly example. But like there are places where you say, man, if I could get there, I feel like I could meet God there. Maybe you have a, a place in your house that you pray or right, that's, like a, that's a place where God is. That's where Samuel was at. Now, I'm not saying God can't speak to you in the bathroom of a bar or a club when you're a little bit, you know, drunk or done some drugs or whatever, and you say, man, I just heard God. I'm not saying you're lying. Maybe you did hear God, but I do feel confident in saying the chances are better that you're going to hear God in places where the presence of God is a little bit better or, or more consistently than just a random, you know, place in a, maybe a place you're not supposed to be or not the wisest place to be. Does that make sense to everybody? So can a, can a book fall off a shelf in your house? Absolutely. Can, can you be sitting at a bar somewhere and God speak? Absolutely. God can do whatever he wants and God speaks. But if we want to gain more confidence that God is speaking, the first thing that we need to do is spend time where God is. God is in his word. So if you say, I just don't feel like I ever hear God, but you don't open the Bible, like that would be a great place to start. You, you find him there. God's place, God, God is among uh, believers, when, when the Bible says that when people who believe in Jesus gather together, a la church, a la groups, a la homes, when people who believe in Jesus gather together, God's there. That's what the Bible says. So if you're not hanging out with people who believe in Jesus, that's a good place to start. A, a growth group, great place to start. Find out where God is. Spend some time there. That's a great way to gain more confidence. So that's, that's a good place to start. Spend time where God is. But let me give you another one. Number two, if you want to be more confident that God is speaking to you, ask people who are close to God. Ask people who are close to God. 
about the things that maybe you feel like God is speaking to you, or, or advice on how to better hear God, ask people who are close to God. Now, for me, uh, I have been incredibly blessed by God to have a family, and even an extended family, of people who love Jesus and, and know God. And I understand that that is a, um, something that all of us in the room can't say. But even if you don't have family, I, I hope you've got somebody in your life that you would say, I know that they know God. You know, my, I would say my grandmother Isaacs, I call her Meemaw, but really all my grandparents, uh, I got two of them still alive, but really all my grandparents, I knew they knew God. My dad, my mom, I knew they knew God. My brother, I've got some friends, I know they know God. My wife, I know they know God. And so I don't want to go at this whole hearing God gaining confidence, understanding God by myself, I want to talk to people that I know know God. So I want to spend time where God is, and then I want to spend time with people who know God, right? And I want to say this, and I don't, like, please don't be offended by this. Hear my heart when I say this. But just because someone is a best friend doesn't mean they're the best option to talk about your spiritual life. Because a best friend is not always an asset in your spiritual growth. Sometimes they're a liability. And so there are people that you grew up in school with or you've known your whole life or you've known 25 or 30 years and you're going to them to try to grow and understand what's happening in your spiritual life, but they don't know Jesus. Or maybe they go to church, but they, if you're being honest, you know like they don't know God. I'm not saying you never talk to them again. But sometimes our first option of who we go to to, to, you know, to kind of converse about what's happening in our relationship with God, it's not the best option. And I say, well, yeah, but they're my best friend. Well, but they're not the best option. And so if you don't have somebody, man, I really want to encourage you to be prayerful about it. Look around the room. Look around a group. Look at a leader on a, on a team you serve on and find somebody who knows God and go to that person and say, hey, I... I know, I'm not saying you're perfect, but I do trust your relationship with God. Could, could we just have a relationship? Like, I, I just, I just want to, I just need somebody in my life that I can be confident they know God. And if they know God, they're going to say yes, okay? And so you need to do that. So we, we see that the Samuel is confused about what's, what's happening, this exchange, this interaction. He's confused about it. But he doesn't have to figure it out by himself. He keeps going to Eli. Eli knows God. And finally, Eli realizes what's going on and gives him some instruction, which gives us our third point, four ways to be more confident God's speaking to you. Respond to God when you think he's speaking. It's deep, right? Respond to God when you think he's speaking. One of the best ways to build your hearing God muscle is to respond when you think God is speaking. Now, sometimes our response is obedience. I think God told me to, and so I need to go do what I think God told me to. And the more you obey, the more truth God gives you, the more God speaks to you. But specifically in this story, I'm talking about responding to God, like literally responding to God out loud. Now, you are with me up until this point, but it's about to get weird, okay? Because I am actually encouraging you today to talk out loud to God. I wouldn't do it in public necessarily or, or, or around, you know, your desk with people you work with, but I would. That's why the Bible encourages us to, to get away to a private place with God. 
But if you feel like God is speaking, do what Eli told Samuel to do. Respond to God. God, are you speaking to me right now? God, I think you're speaking to me right now. God, if you're speaking to me right now, will you help me hear? You don't have to say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening, but you can if you want. But say it how you'd say it. God, I don't, I don't know if I'm hearing you right now, but I think I'm hearing you right now. For me, just, just to, to give you another example, I'm not necessarily always talking about a, an audible voice because I don't necessarily, I don't believe I've ever heard an audible voice from God. Right? Not that that doesn't happen, but for me, the biggest way that God communicates to me is through the Bible. And so, man, if you had a, like a hidden camera on my devotion time, you'd laugh at me because there are times I'm reading and I'm like, God, are you trying to tell me something right now? Like, God, what, what, God, I think, I think you're, God, I think you're telling me that I need to, and I talk to God. I'm not trying to give you a magic formula. There's not a code you can say. There's no abracadabra that's like gonna clear up your ear, heart, head. But it's really hard to ever gain confidence hearing God if it's always internal. If it's always a internal thing. I'm an introvert. I love to journal. I love to write. I process most of what I feel like God is saying to me and leading me to. I, 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 am, I do that internally, but there are times when you have to respond to God. God, I, I believe you're speaking to me. Or God, what about this one? God, will you speak to me? I think that would be a great place to start for so many of us in the room today is the next time we open our Bible, the next time we get ready to pray, God, will you speak to me? Will you speak to me? So we gotta respond when, he's, when, when God's speaking. But let me give you the last one, number four, straight out of this story. Spend time where God is. Ask people who are close to God, respond when you think God's speaking. And number four, repeat what he says to people you trust. Repeat what he says to people you trust. This is what happens in the story, right? Samuel goes to Eli and says, this is what God said. And this is so important because saying things out loud does two things. Number one, it helps us to clarify our words. Sometimes things make perfect sense right here in the head. And then you said out loud, you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said, right? Anybody ever have that happen? That happens to me all the time. But sometimes saying it out loud helps us clarify it in a good way. Like we talk about it out loud and then we help, it makes more sense to us after we process it out loud. But sometimes we can think like God, God's speaking to me. And when we say it out loud, we're like, no, nah, that ain't God. Never mind, right? But the other thing it does is that saying things out loud holds us accountable, Again, not, not just talking to our best friend who doesn't follow Jesus. I'm talking about when we repeat these things. Or, hey, this is what I think God is saying to me. That's what I think God's saying to me. When I tell somebody, hey, I think God is telling me to fill in the blank. I think God is telling me like it's time to change this area of my life. I think God is speaking to me and saying I need to give this thing away. If I tell somebody, it provides accountability like, hey, did you do that thing? Have you, have you done what you said God told you to do? So I'm just trying to give you some practical things from the story here that you don't have to light a bunch of candles. You don't have to do some meditation. You don't have to play a certain kind of music. You don't have to go to a certain spot. But God is speaking to you. And if you're in this room today and, or you're watching and you believe in Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, He's trying to communicate with you. He's trying to communicate with you. I want to end today by telling you a story. 
And I've gone back and forth about whether or not to tell you this story, but since we've already kind of gone into the supernatural God speaking part, I figured might as well go for it. Um, I grew up in, in, a, in churches, uh, in Pentecostal churches, and that word just means like we believe, and we, by the way, we are, Hope City Church is a Pentecostal church. It can look a lot of different ways, but I grew up in what we would consider to be charismatic Pentecostal churches, uh, and I'm so grateful for my heritage, but, but that meant that we believed that when we got together that typically God would show himself or display himself in some pretty bizarre ways. And sometimes that could be stereotyped and shown in some extreme ways. But, but the, the services and stuff were definitely services like you never took your girlfriend to. You know what I mean? Like you never, it was it, bar fights in the altar kind of stuff, right? And so, um, and so I was at a service. Andrew and I had just gotten married. We were in Louisiana. I was a youth pastor. We were living in Louisiana. And we go to this service with all these pastors. So it's a, it's a service with a collection of pastors. And we're in this service. And during the service, uh, during the sermon, someone gives out a, a message in what we would call tongues, like another, another language. I grew up, this was very common, so like it didn't, like some of you were like, oh my gosh, but this was very common, it's no big deal, like you just, somebody's giving a, a message in tongues. And so I'm sitting there, very comfortable in the moment, sitting by Andrea, and they begin to do what the Bible describes as speaking in tongues, but the Bible says that when someone does this, that God can also use someone to interpret what was said. This is a very biblical thing. But that never happened to me, and I didn't even really care, and, you know, you just kind of move on with the service. But as this person in the service uh, 14 years ago uh, is doing this, I hear God. When I say hear God, I, I feel God. I, I feel as if I have something to say from God. As clear as I'm talking to you right now. It was, it was almost like this, Jason, stand up and say, and I knew what I was supposed to say. I'm telling you, like I knew what I was supposed to say. So this is happening in this moment with God, and I didn't say it out loud. Obviously, this is all happening internally, but I said back to God, God, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Moving on. This ain't happening, right? And a lot of you are like, that's what I would say too. Yeah, exactly, right? And so the person gets done, and what feels like 30 minutes, probably about 30 seconds, someone stands up and says, and gives a, a message from God, like a, an interpretation of what was said, like God is speaking to us, and this is what was said. It was fine, but I knew it wasn't exactly right, because I knew what I was supposed to do, right? So the, the pastor, the preacher in the room, he stands up, and he says, thank you, brother for that, or thank you, sir, for that. But I really believe we're supposed to wait right here because someone in the room is supposed to say something. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you like I'm talking, I got goosebumps right now, telling you as, as I'm talking to you right now, God is saying to me, Jason, stand up and say, and I know what I'm supposed to say. I said, God, I ain't doing it. Somebody else stands up. Again, second person gives this message from God. It's fine, but I know I'm supposed to do it. The pastor stands up again and says, thank you so much for that. But I just feel like we need to wait because someone in the room is supposed to say something. You have a message from God 
and you don't want to be obedient, but be obedient right now. He might as well have come sat down right next to me and said, I'm talking to you, Jason. I'm looking around wondering if anybody else is wrestling, you know, like. And we just wait. And I, I know God's, Jason, stand up and say this. And I said to God, God, we can sit here all day. I'm not doing it. I don't know how much time went by. The pastor stands up and says, okay, well, we're going to have to go on with the service. I waited a couple of minutes so it wouldn't be obvious I was running like Jonah away. And I acted like I was going to the bathroom. And I went and sat in my car. And I just sat there. And I could not shake this feeling. What if I'd done it? I know I just disobeyed what God was telling me to do. I know I heard God. No doubt about it. I know I heard God. What if I'd have done it? 14 years later, it's never happened again. I've never felt the, supposed to do that. Never. But every now and then, I think, and I wonder if I'd have done it. What would have happened if I'd have done it? What would God have done? What if somebody was in that service waiting on a message from God? What if somebody was praying for somebody who was in that service waiting on a message from God? What would happen to my faith if I would have been used by God to say what I know God was wanting me to say? I wonder what if. And I'm not saying today that that's how God wants to speak to you. And I'm not saying that that's how God, what, what God wants you to do. But I do want to challenge you. What if? And if you're, if you're listening to me today, and you would say, I just, I always feel like God's talking to me. I always feel like God's speaking to me. I always feel like God is, is trying to communicate. But I don't know. And I, does that even happen? And I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I don't know. Lean into that. Respond to that. And get comfortable with this idea that God is speaking to you. Let's pray.